on the seventh day, God created the right man and said, go forth with your full head of hair, my son. So church on a Sunday, as Righty will be preaching the good word of football any given Monday. We're good, right, man? What were you saying? Some of these questions the boys put up. And it's always like the same three or four of them. Yeah. And it's hard to get sponsors and real guests if we've got all this sort of shit chat. Well, what do you reckon we start trying to get sponsors when we hit a certain amount of uh, yeah listeners and followers? And, and we'll uh, fine-tune the show. Yeah, yeah. But um, back from Sydney, yeah? Yeah, back late last night. A bit yeah. tired. was a good trip. Had to hold down the fort while you weren't here, man, with Raz yesterday. Yeah, I had a listen while I was at the airport. It yeah, what would you think? Good, good, loose. Yeah. That was good, yeah. Yeah. Good, Dolan liked it. Okay, just to clarify, Clint Dolan is not dying. People have been contacting me about Clint's health situation. Clint is fine. We spoke today. He is fine, and he's concerned that people now think because of our show that he could be dying. But maybe he's just put on a brave face saying that. Well, it's very brave face, and he'd like to go on record as saying he's fine. I called him actually yesterday to see if he about coming on for a chat. No, he was telling me because I heard that he was he was like in mute mode at that uh, Bucks party that he went to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Down Byron, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so obviously the you were down at the game and the the public want to hear your thoughts on uh, what what you what aspired and what you think uh, fantastic. break it down. Fantastic atmosphere. Plenty of support there for both sides. Ro- uh, the Raiders, obviously, were, they were outweighing the Roosters. Was group. it totally sold out? No, that's always a fallacy. Because there's corporate tickets and that that people don't take up, but there was a massive crowd. But they had, they listed it as a sellout, which was probably a bit of a furphy. Both sides really ripped and teared. The Raiders second half, they were coming to get them. That call that the old elephant in the room, Ben Cummings ruled six to go, which he's now saying he didn't, and then he's saying that he ruled um, still fifth. Yeah. So, who knows with that, but players are saying they heard him say six. And it kind of looked like he was waving his hand. Yes, and that's from the the photos on Facebook. Then he was corrected by the pocket ref who said, no, no, not touched. And in the next few minutes, the Roosters went 90 and scored the game winner. I was thinking about this, and um, I was just chatting to one of my mates. With I was thinking that, that's the kind of thing where you could have the referral system as a coach's referral system. But in this situation, a referral system just would have shown that it was actually a changeover. Yeah, that so was the thing. That's the fun It was thing. a wrong call that they got the advantage from. It wasn't touched. Yeah. But then he called that. But even as referees have pointed out, like uh, at lower levels, once you make the call, you can't go back on it. You have to stand by the original call. And, and it, it changed the way that White and finished that playoff. Yeah, though. he he took the tackle because he thought they were, they had six more. But in saying that, the Roosters' D was outstanding at key times. They had plenty of chances. Even Jack Whiten said that in the press today. He's not blaming the referee. When they had 12 men, the Roosters, the Raiders weren't attacking them out wide enough. They had a cut. They had a little bit of joy making some inroads, and they didn't go there enough. I thought, 
The Roosters, they lost Orbison in the first 15 minutes. So there's your starting back rower. So Angus Crichton had to play a lot more minutes than he had been, and he did a good, solid job, but he had to more be a worker, more than an impact player like he is back end of halves. He has been. The, the Whiten is man of the match. I've, I've watched parts of the game again on KO. He did have a very good game, and he was up there. There was a fast school situation. It was, a fu- it was a fucking awesome game of rugby league, though, as for a grand final, yeah? Yeah, and that was what you want. A cliffhanger. The trouble is with cliffhangers, Something's gonna go against you, and you're gonna and you're gonna lo- win or lose it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the only trouble. It went against the Raiders. They had chances galore. BJ Lailua threw the worst. Um, through the he bombed a try blatantly. It was just he went into contact. Well, you got an important message coming. Oh no, someone's or... coming through. Who is it? Stanty. Stance. Yeah, Stanty. That's I call him Stance. Yes, that's the man. Yeah. So Mailua got the ball. He had unmarked. He had he had um Jordan Rapana unmarked. Quick quick tip on. Rapana's a good chance to get in the corner. Instead he took him on and then tried to offload it. When he tried to, and the offload went forward, called it back. People were blown up about that. But that's a bon- that's a missed chance. Late in the game, they were trying to attack to draw it up. And next minute, the Roosters' defence just stood up. At the key moment, like when they had 12 men at the back end there, the Roosters stood up. They only had one try scored against them. They were hanging on by their fingernails, and they just did enough. That ref call, we're always going to be thinking about what could have been, mm-hmm. but you've got to give credit to the blokes that won it. Yeah. And again, it's, it's one of those situations where it's come down to that well, in, in uh, supporters' eyes, it's come down to that, but there's always way more other opportunities where it shouldn't just come down to that one play. Yeah, definitely so. Yeah, and but it's just so, it, I think everyone wants to rip rip uh, people's heads off is because it, it came down to the ref, a ref decision. Not that that just say they they might not even gone on to score there, but it's it's it was taken out of the hands of the players and that's what, what as and as now couch, that's, that's what couch quarterbacks would be saying. And we're thinking about that and we're talking about that. It's the elephant in the room. Everyone everywhere commenting. Russell Crowe even put a tweet up about it, bagging the NRL, saying they were robbed. Wants to throw a phone at someone's head probably. Ray Hadley said it was the biggest farce he's seen in a long time and all his time of uh broadcasting rugby league and being involved with rugby league, things like that. So some people with a bit of claret um, and a bit of clout in that, uh, that can, uh, they, they're all commenting. You you can't change anything. Mm. What did you think about the Clive Churchill? He was very good, Whiten. I thought they had other real good players. Bateman ran for a hundred metres and made 50 tackles and had two offloads on an edge. That's a pretty fair effort. For the winners, Warrior Hargraves, own in the middle, especially when he was off early in that second half, that's when Papali gained momentum for him through the guts and they were rolling him on, the, the Raiders. So when Warrior Hargraves, he was taking it to him early and he'd set that platform. They, The Raiders did a good job on James Tedesco, I thought. Limited him a, quite a bit. Yeah, they kept him quiet. I was a bit... Uh, Littrell was quiet. Him, Both him and Manu. Hmm. Like... They defended and they were solid, but they weren't. And Latrell came up with the key play at the when they won the game when he offloaded 
to Daniel Tupo who found Tedesco pushing up the middle and won the game, unfortunately. Yeah. And I was hoping they were going to extra time, but as everyone loves to see it, but it wasn't to be. The real heartbreaker of the day for me was Burley. Yeah, that was that was. Oh, tough, Burley tough playing to watch Newtown. That half. Oh, in that last twenty, they made so many stuff ups. Their game management was rubbish. They had one try from that charge down. You can say that's unlucky, but the situations like they kicked out in the full, like when they're holding on by a couple of points. Well, they defended that. But the thing is, that takes the juice out of you for later on when you need it, and then they just got that horrible bounce. And the, that, the blue bag. And what's his name? Who scored that last? He scored the charge down as well, didn't he? Yeah, he got two far. Yeah. So uh, when he's chasing that chip, it, it was like a 1% chance because he just picked a line that he thought, if this ball bounces this way, I'm the only one that's going to get it. And it just went straight to him. And they were a bit tardy. Like Don Don and um, Curtis Rowe and that, they were a bit tardy getting to it. Yeah. Like even if you got to it and knocked it on, that would have probably wound the clock down almost enough for you to win. Mm. But and then the ball hits the point, bounces back, and they score under the post. Yeah, um, yeah, I know because <laughs> you think, but it did show. Um, besides the last few years, that both teams actually came into that competition wanting to get that win. Where it, where the last few yeah, years, Queensland, Queensland's gone down. Early were very good. Yeah, and it was kind of heartbreaking. Especially for my daughter Zara, because she is now adopted Burley after we went to the grand final yeah, as her team, that, yeah. and they went down to Burley and they were down the coast, so they went to the leagues up and watched it. Yeah, so she was heartbroken. Um, uh, what was I going to say? What did you think about the the women's game? What a dominant would, performance! Would you swap them around though? Would you go women's? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because that's the reserve grade feeder, the best two feeder clubs in in Australian Rugby League and they're playing at around almost lunchtime. Yeah. And it's hot as a, it's hot as. It's no offense to the women. It was dominant performance, it's a shit game. Yeah. And they're they're playing a four week comp. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you had NRL caliber blokes on show in the curtain raiser. Anthony Don uh, Jamal Fogarty, who I reckon should be still in an NRL system, the half from Burley, he'd played a couple of games. Dylan Pythian, the 5'8", had played a few games at Newcastle a few years ago. Page had played a game and is a current international front rower. That's just at Burley. Billy Magulius, who I talked about the other week, he'll, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts as lock next year at the Sharks or at least be in that 17 regularly. With Gal not there, Anymore, that opens a door for him. They had uh, your mate Ronaldo, yeah, who will be playing with you boys in uh, two weeks. Well, they yeah, they cut down to our uh, sixteen, our squad of sixteen. So we, oh, we is this breaking news? Breaking. Oh, it came out. No, I think Sunday. Yeah, they they gave us our sixteen. Uh, we can have a chat about it later. I just I'm wanted to, it. I just wanted to keep uh, on the subject of the grand yeah, final because no. I messaged um, Matty Elliott after the game. Um, just obviously being an ex-Canberra coach and seeing what he thought of it, the whole thing. Um, and uh, he's what he reckons, he says, great game, love the quality of the play. A couple of calls have gone way too, have gotten way too much attention. Albeit that six again call was fucking woeful. However, still think everyone needs to let that go and acknowledge how good the footy was. 
And then he said, like, you know, I absolutely no clear better team on the night. Roosters just found the way to win in the and um, bring out the bigger plays when they needed to. Yeah. And I said when we were giving the rundown that I thought one of their, their big names would ice the game for them. I didn't think it would be that close. They had plenty of chances. And as the Roosters had plenty of chance against them to be further in front, it was a great battle. There's a few boys from that from both sides will be playing international footy coming up, which is great. The Raiders, they should have a big future. Like they've got a lot of good young blokes coming through. Horsburgh, very good again. He got named in the um Australian under twenty three side. Yeah. At front row. That young Gula. So they call it the they call it the junior kangaroo squad. Yeah, now they've extended it by three years. Oh. So it's everyone under twenty three. Yeah, it's pretty. Do you like that? Why not call it the Australia A side? Yeah, because at twenty three, you it, a lot of the, not, the average age. If they're the kangaroos on the Roo tours, they used to call the team that played midweek the emus. So call them the emus or the koalas or something. Mm. Like in England, England A side was the England Knights. So they used to play like you know, underneath the Test side. They were the second England side. Give them a name. And make it that, and don't just make it twenty three and under. If there's a bloke on the fringe that you want to see how he handles playing a bit of rep footy at that stage, do that. But full credit to Big Mal, he wants to he wants the the game to expand. He wants the international game as a whole on many levels um, to to make sides better. Like France coming out, he wants them to improve. He'd love to see Scotland and Wales play games out here, and go on these tours and just improve the quality, give them exposure to playing against good players. You've been to a shitload of NRL grand finals. How one, how the whole experience for that, how did that rank up yeah, for great, you? great, great. Good you have Bray Hotel was great. Looked after me, thanks to everybody there who served me the booze. Everyone was good. Did they know that you're on any given Monday? Or oh, I've mentioned it to a few people. Yeah, sweet. I saw Braith and Asta. Mm-hmm. He wanted to come on and I said, well, don't call us, we'll call you. We That's have to right. draw the line somewhere. Yeah, terrible defender. And just the whole thing. And then the Raiders support, heaps of Raiders supporters around Coogee and that, and they all started appearing on Sunday. You saw a bit, just like, not just young blokes full of sauce, but families. You know, some bloke and he's missing their kids. Had, were renting an apartment just near where we had breakfast at Coogee. And I was thinking, over near where the um, pavilion ho- hotel is, the old palace. That used to be a good place, the palace. And like just like that, I saw them and then you see people floating in from everywhere. And these were the the airport was full of Canberra but different people going home to either Canberra or to various parts of the world. And there's like day one supporters on the bandwagon like like Danny William Lane. Those mm. sort of guys. Did you get amongst the Viking clap? No. No. No, not at all. I was there. Well what, what jersey were you wearing there? Um, what did I wear? I had the California Rugby League hat on. Yeah, saw that. Shirt. Yeah. He sent, yeah, um, Dildo said he sent one out for me because on the website, they didn't have any like in stock. So he said, yeah, I'll, I'll get one because they're sweet. And that bucket hat looks cool as. Mm, yeah. I'm trying to tee one up, wear it to the old uh, nines. Yeah. Bucket hat, especially big day on Saturday. Yeah, it was excellent. The quality of footy was good. Defence. It's one thing to, like on Matty Johns' podcast, probably the second best podcast in Australia to this one, Paul Kent was talking about 
depending on the referee, <laughs> yeah. the referee had set the tone, like how they how they controlled the ruck. They said, and he predicted that ten minutes in, one there'd be one coach blowing up about the ruck either being slowed down or one saying it's not been slowed down enough, things like that. A referee had set the tone of the game, and it's and people some people don't realise that, but in lower levels of footy, like in park footy, like we're all playing, that's a common denominator. Like if you get a ref who might be um uh, older ref or and he doesn't police as much thing, or you get a young fit bloke who's trying to um, push his barrow to be promoted up the ranks and referee at higher levels, he'll be policing a lot of things that the uh, older refs may not, and things like and those type of things. So if you get a if you that's the thing with the two refs, people are saying that system should be should be punted. I'm not sure about that, but the game's so fast now. One bloke's going to miss things. And some will say that's good. Some will say it's bad. I don't know what it is, but you're still going to get some howlers from referees. Blokes are going to miss things. Hands on the ball and things like that. What do you think about the refs, the way that they are so uh, obtrusive and in getting into that ruck? When they're almost in there watching, when they're yeah. almost watching... Like they're like they're almost the fourth man in the tackle. It's like if that hooker jump gets like a really quick play the ball and jumps real quickly, he's almost could get an obstruction from the referee. And you play a lot of touch footy, you know, when you're rolling the rucks through the guards mm. and the ref doesn't get out of the way, you're thinking there's a bit of space here and I'm running at that. Yeah. And that's the thing. They they want to get in there nice nice and tight so they're on top of every situation, but I don't think that's necessary in some things. It would be strange going back to one ref at that level. Whether it'll happen, I don't know. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Another thing, when the trainer got hit by the ball, that was a big play. Because Elliot Whitehead was pushing through. Yeah. And at the very least, they're getting possession back and they're on the attack, maybe 40 out. Whitehead may have picked it up and scored. That, to me, was as bad as the was it as bad as as the six to go call because there was an opportunity on there but the rules are it's like if a side that's attacking kicks the ball and it hits the referee a scrum's meant to be packed and it's there and it's the attacking team's feed which I find is bullshit because in that case it should go to the benefit of the doubt of the defensive side and that's one thing I think they have to it don't, it's not going to happen too often. But the thing is, you need to you need to like tinker with these little obscure rules because it can really affect it can really affect a, a game. Like in a big game, semi final, Manly lost a semi final of twenty fourteen. They were defending set, it was all locked up, and then a kick hit the referee and they got another set Canterbury and kicked a field goal from that. Yeah. That to me should just be a ref's got to have the discretion to say at least, all right, replay the tackle or it should be scrum feed to the defensive side, in my opinion. You can replay the tackle and things like that. Have a bit of discretion. Have a bit of feel for the game. Because giving a side another set, when they haven't earned the right to have that extra set of six. No, that's right. And that's one thing. It's an unfair advantage, but it's an antiquated rule of the game that, I think really has to be sorted out. And how'd you go after the game? What, get jumped back on the train and head somewhere? 
I had a few there at the uh, Novotel, heaps of Raiders supporters. Terry Campisi was mingling with the fans, getting thousands, having Did you a get beer. Amongst? No, no, he was over with all. He was over with all the Raiders supporters. Yeah, he was there. He was like seemed like the best bloke. People dragging him over for photos left, right, and center. Seemed like a real good dude. Had a drink, headed back in, and then we just headed back out to Coogee. There was still remnants of people floating around. We didn't get the. We caught a Uber from the city because when you get off the train at Bondi, the Roosters League Club's about five minute walk from there, and they block off half the half the neighbourhood. Yeah. But full credit to them, the Roosters, they got the money. Full credit to the Broncos women's team. That was dominant. No one looked like beating them. Even when they were leading 6-0, it was like they were up 16-0. Who's the dumb. halfback's name? Uh, Brigginshaw. She just does whatever she wants out there, doesn't she? She just has, carves up. She's like Charlotte Catholic when she's playing sevens rugby. Yeah. You know, just show and go, do this, has the kicks, supports. People hang off her. Except she's doing it against 13, not 7. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, able to rep that Denver Broncos jersey a bit proudly today, oh, yeah? yes. Let's talk a little NFL. We get one and four. One and four. We should have had at least one or two more, but that's the way it is. They're up 17-0 at half time. Yeah. And then it got back to 17-10. I was getting concerned. And then they nailed the one. They nailed the three. And San Diego come down and... And flat... Flacco just doing, like actually hitting the marks and just rolling down now. His form the last few weeks been good. His, Sutton's killing it. Yeah. I think one thing our dramas is it's our D line. Like it's not like it's not like the secondary, it's not the linebackers. It's just our D line. We get they they run a lot of yards on us. You know what I mean? We're conceding yeah. a lot of yards, which is not a good thing. Because it's usually that's that's our thing. Strength, yeah, yeah. But offense looks better than it has in years. Only two undefeated teams at the moment now with Kansas City getting beat. And that the 49ers towed up Baker Mayfield's Cleveland Browns, 31-3. I was actually – I jumped them – I put them into a multi, the Browns, right, because they're, everyone, you know, starts to see that they're switching on to, to be actually becoming the team that we thought we – we would be oh, seeing, wow. yes, but uh, yeah, absolutely, just outclass. He got, he got benched today. I don't know if he was injured or not, but they had the backup QB on. Well, there. he got sacked a thousand times. I know that's not on him, but he's got to find some way to if to if he's in the pocket or like to do he something was, with the ball. He was zero for five and had a pick mm. in their first in their first two possessions. Yeah. So, and the Patriots still winning. Yeah, as they do. But yeah, without you here, right? Your boy uh, got a bit got a bit tipsy watching that game with Raz the other night. Uh, yeah, I noticed. He, he, Raz, he's so funny. So he um, just lives down the road around the corner, and uh, he brought. I, I told him I'd have gin and stuff for him here, and he brought up his own bottle of wine. But he's, there's been some previous uh, situations in the past where I've actually. <laughs> spiked his drink so he doesn't trust when i'm pouring drinks or anything for him so even even when i'm opening a beer bottle for him he will watch me do it or he'll ask to do it i uh in younger days uh we would have been in our teens it was a tuesday night and i just i crushed up a bit of mdma and put it in his, in his drink while we we're just having to chat around and he kept going to the bathroom and look at himself in the mirror 
and he comes out and we're like what's wrong as and he goes tell you what's wrong someone's fucking spiked my drink because i'm fucked and then a couple of years later this is probably only a couple of years ago we go to the movies to watch um jurassic park the uh the not the latest one the one just before that with like yeah. the megalodon and I um he went to the bathroom and I put it I put an oxycotton in his uh, chicken wing <laughs> and so about a quarter of the way in the movie he's asleep <laughs> and then he wakes up and he go and he says he feels real seedy in the stomach because it obviously made him a bit nauseous so he's re- really worried about me so he brought up his own bottle of wine um That's yeah smart work. but I don't I I definitely don't recommend spiking people's drinks but yeah I that's just, good let's, just, let's get that out there yeah, yeah, it's just a couple of um couple of times i thought i'd have a bit of fun with raz dano's been getting some good feedback from a couple of people mm. how well he speaks very articulate he will uh he would be sitting in this spot soon yeah he won't, he won't even show. need me i'll be upstairs <laughs> dano. and he was going to come on tonight as well because i was I, wondering where it was, yeah. I, I could picture him watching that grand final just taking notes yeah, just when he bring, it, brings it, his little notepad in. It, it was interesting, you know how he sent you some uh, updates. Yeah, I'd sent them to him at half time, half cut, <laughs> and then I'm looking because we we're running the one Instagram. Yeah. I, I'm looking at it because I'm getting pretty pissy, and I'm and I go, I don't remember writing that back to Dano, but it's because yeah. we're both double teaming yeah, yeah. with the comments back. That was good though. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was good that. It was good the Raiders found their mojo in the second half and kept fighting. Not that we were going to get flogged, but I thought if the Roosters had jumped out to, and jabbed a couple of tries early, they could have just just like grinded it out for the rest, and that would have been dull as. Yeah. But classic grand final right up there with the real good ones. I still, If 2015 is the best, that's right up there. That was up there with... um. Melbourne and the Sharks, which I really like. That was yeah, a good that was one. a great one. And, you know, right till the very end, they were attacking the line. Um, just uh, read before, Will Chambers will be leaving the Melbourne Storm next year to pursue other options. Union? Just talk to, yeah, Japanese Union, Panasonic Knights. Yeah. So he's had a fantastic career. They're giving him life membership at their at their presentation evening this season. As they should, yeah. But, yeah, he's got to change. Why not go chase a bit of money? Like, yeah, and he's been around. And one thing that leaves me with, we're really threadbare for centres for the Queenslanders, aren't we? Like they were using, they used Emboy, they were using Morgan at times. Then they decided to use him off the bench as impact. Might have to bring Boyd, push Boyd back into the centres. There aren't many options unless they throw some young bloke in who's going to struggle. Yeah, but yeah, that's going to be interesting with that. One thing too, just back to the Roosters. They were comparing, like, Nick Politis, the supremo there, he was comparing Trent Robinson to Jack Gibson. And Gibson won a couple of titles there in the 70s. He went to Parramatta and won three there. So he was a fair football coach, the great Jack. Ended up coaching New South Wales for a couple of years in origin. They won one series, a lost one. Was just involved in a very smart man, the great Jack. And it's a fair call, but he's won three premierships now. And, so, and someone commented, he's not Bennett or Bellamy, but he's done something they haven't. He's never lost one. So at the moment, you know, and we'll see how it goes. He's got a way to be them. Because even Bennett's lost one now. Hasn't yeah, he? 2015 was the only one yeah. he's lost. And, yeah, he can coach that, Robinson. Like, the things he's done with him, he's won plenty of minor premierships. After they won it his first year there, they won the minor premiership the next two years. 
and didn't make the grand final. And then last year they got back in the grand final and won it. And then they won again this year. And on one of the questions, one of the boys put up. You want to go? Do listen, you want to go listen to questions? Uh, just this one on this on this topic. topic. Yeah. DJ Young David Ellis, he said it's a tough year for the minor premiers. Premiers with with a certain with a few club finishing minor premiers and then go and not making the grand final or winning it. And he said, does that happen often? Well, the Roosters made it twenty. 14 and 2015, they were the minor premiers. And um, I thought maybe not 2015, they didn't make it. Uh, and in Intra Super Cup, the Queensland Cup, the Storms Feeder Club, Sunny Coast. Sunny Coast were killing it and didn't make the grand final. And the Storm had one of their best, the best, if you're going by regular season, one of the best regular seasons ever. But it doesn't mean shit unless you win it. Like, no one talks about, remember the time we only lost four games in a regular season? No one cares about that. Is anybody talking about, I can't even recall who, the minor premiers in in Canterbury Cup were probably Mounties or someone like that. Newtown came from seventh. They were in a knockout playoff and just won it at the end and just kept winning. Yeah. Things like that. You can have the best. There was a... When the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl in the late 90s, they went back-to-back. When they won the second one, the Minnesota Vikings had the best team in the NFL. They'd lost, I think, one game at that stage. They get to the NFC Championship game. They're up by seven. That is kicker, Gary Anderson. Anderson hadn't missed a field goal all year. All year. Misses this one in the championship game. Then Atlanta went down there and scored, locked up. They went to OT. And Atlanta kicked the field goal. They didn't even make it. They were one of the most dominant. They were the most dominant sides throughout the league. And then on the other side, uh, the Broncos went through and they met Atlanta and beat them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it was like ninety seven, ninety eight, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Around then, and yeah. that was the thing. It's hard to be up the whole year. Like Steve Johnson and mate Jono, he commented on some on some on Facebook about when some. Was someone was asking about Sunny Coast and that they couldn't believe they didn't make it. And he said, it's hard to be up the whole year, plus be up when it counts. Like the Blackhawks, when they first, Townsville Blackhawks, when they first came in that year, that was 2015 as well. They had the best side in the comp, didn't lose that many, got their raging hot favourites and the Jets peaked at the right time, came through and knocked them off. So that's, the thing is, the balance... And that's why Trent Robinson said he rested blokes to to try and give him enough petrol at the end. He said, and he admitted they only just had enough petrol to win it. Yeah, but it's it's also you if you look back, very very consistent, con, like consistent teams with their structure and gameplay go go very well during the season, right? And you fit. Yeah, you fit. You're playing the same style of football where uh, teams that don't click early and then they come through and they start to throw it together at the end of the season then can offer things against these just structured sides that are going to continue to be the same exact structure into the finals. And that might and be, that could be a heel for them. And that happened with Melbourne. Their attack started to waver. Bellamy dropped Croft because he needed Pappenhausen there. 
and Jerome Hughes and Munster were there where they were, they were out-and-out runners. One thing, too, and with the Raiders, when they play their best footy, it's off that ad-lib, um, offloads, Hodgson, Josh Hodgson, the hooker, jumping out, ball playing, hitting different runners, dropping blokes under, that sort of thing. When they were in the first half the other night, Caesar was Caesar was sort of a go-to. They were like they were mixing things up a bit, and it wasn't working. He threw a couple of shocking balls, and just wasn't his thing. He's kind of like the like he was similar to Croft was at at Melbourne. You had Croft in that junior side, yeah, isn't he? He is, yeah. So, he, and that's going to be interesting. Blokes like Croft and that and Caesar could end up somewhere else, like the Broncos, who knows, during the season, during the off-season, the off-season. Now it's not like once when you had a contract, you had a contract. But who knows how this will pan out. But that's the thing with the attack. You've got Hodgson's the main ball player there at Canberra, same as Smith is in Melbourne. So then you've got your, your pure running 5'8", a la Munster, and Jack White, and so then your other half's kind of, he's got to wait and pick his moment. And with them, like, you've got and you've got your two fullbacks like Nickel Clockstead and Pappenhausen who are dangerous runners. So that's the thing, like, so when you get your opportunities and you've got something on, you've got to ice it more often than not and make the play when you're that sort of third playmaker because they don't have, like, a ball-playing lock or anything like that. It's... And it's just the balance of it. I think the other night the Roosters' defence exposed them a little bit on that. Then when they started getting a roll, when they got a roll on the second half, it was from it was BJ Lalia was running the ball more. White was doing a good job running the ball. He scored a fantastic try in that first half when he stepped inside Cordner and Angus Crichton didn't shut the space off. Like yeah, great try. I don't know if Cordner jumped up ahead of his inside men, but. Crichton was slow coming over. Yeah, I thought I said, I said to Raz, I think on the podcast that it looked like Crichton was lazy coming over, but he was a fair bit on the inside. And and you know you, you never say that Boyd, Crichton's lazy. Yeah, and Boyd's tried to jump up aggressively to cut off the timing. Yeah, when he's got left foot step and there wasn't anyone there protecting his inside shoulder. Yeah. So and he's strong, powerful bloke with pace. I white and he'd be handful. Tell you what, pound for pound best rugby league player in the world is Kiri. Oh, and look, he's got some horrible syndesmosis needled up and he was getting whacked around and he kept coming. Kronk, the ultimate leader, when he got binned, and I thought that was very dicey. Yeah. First thing he's done before they send him off is high-fived a couple of the boys and they and they dug in for him and they defended that. And him's high-fiving a couple of boys and they're shaking it. And it's kind of like they... Made the pact. Let's defend for him. This is his last game. Sam Burgess told a story how when they won it in 2014, Ben Teo was living with him. Teo was coming off the bench and they're playing the Roosters in this semi-final. And Teo comes off the bench and, you know, he's aggressive, man. He gives away a penalty early on. And, and, and Burgess goes, fuck Teo, you just got on the field. What are you doing? And he said, he turns around, he looks at him and he goes, Sammy, I'm playing for you tonight. And he said, Burgess said, no one ever said that to him. And that gave him the biggest lift. So in the grand final a week later, when he breaks his cheekbone, he said he went to about eight blokes in yeah. the team and said, I'm playing for you tonight. Because he said, even if I got a, a reaction out of two, 
we're going to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they won 36, so we got a reaction out of more than two. That thing about, like, let's do it for him. Like, that motivation, that using that energy of that, that emotion at the right time, whether time to be emotional and times you've got to have a cool head. And the Roosters' defence is generally like that. Like, with that try White and scored, that was his individual brilliance that caught him out because there was right. an opportunity there and he was good enough to take it. And you beat a couple of very good footballers. Yeah. And you know, like, with injuries like that, it's, uh, unless you've seen Voorhees, you, you can go into a game and once the adrenaline kicks in, you can kind of get through it enough, it, it, with especially being needled up as well, that helps. But you, you can carry those kind of things. The human spirit, when you play rugby league, you should know how to find a way to push yourself a bit. Barring you've got a broken leg, Paul Bowman in an origin game does his ACL and he still gets up to trying to make tackles before they took him off. Yeah. Things like that. Blokes will themselves to do things. At that level, there are times that... What was another big one? Wasn't Didn't Scotty Sattler? Sattler was a broken jaw back when it was brutal. Webke came back early with a broken arm that hadn't fully mended and played in a grand final. Things like that. Blokes can will themselves will themselves to do things mentally when you're cooled down. Like Burgess with that cheekbone, fractured cheekbone. And there's nothing you can do. You can't do nothing. Like that. He just had to push through the pain. Yeah. It was the old romantic irony of the situation. South first premiership, the departing, the departing warrior. He went to rugby union for a year and came back. All that. And then he got the Churchill medal. It was all part of the mystique. Um, the romantic irony that is rugby league. Things like that, the blokes too. That's what separates great players. They can do that. But your regular bloke playing park footy, I've seen some blokes push themselves through some tough, tough situations. Marcus this year played like five games with a broken hand. Yeah, that's tough. See, some blokes bruise eyelashes. You might be very... Some blokes are very good footballers, but bruised eyelashes and they're down on the deck crying. Mm. Other blokes can just, yeah, what do you need me to do? Yeah. Some blokes are just tough like that. Um, let's slide into some uh, questions, yeah? I've, oh, got, I've got him here, bro. Okay, so, fire it out. So we got, what have we got now? Is it 17 still? I love that photo of Laney, eh? Yeah, it looks very creepy. Yeah. All right, so... Let's not give Paisley airtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paisley, there's uh, Dave Ellis. Is that the one we've already touched on? Yep. And then Jake, Jake Rowden would love to know um, Laney's thought process and ways in which he adjusted to mid-season switch from fullback to centre at 45 years old. All right. But that, was your, that was your call being his coach anyway. Yeah, I can break that down. He didn't tackle a lot, so he wasn't burning himself up in defence. Mm -hmm. And... There was another fullback, maybe not better than him, but we both decided on that. And the way Laney plays his football, he's an erratic genius. So he's just going to go looking for the ball anyway. So it wasn't a real hard choice. The Tim Shipstone's saying here how much were the Raiders robbed, but we kinda, it's, we're not saying that they were robbed as such. But there were a couple of hard calls on them, and I'll yeah. give it that. Like I can see why their fans are filthy. It would have been interesting where they could have scored. People are trying to predict the future. Oh, definitely would have scored. Definitely this. What about, did you see the moment with Jonathan Thurston? 
Oh, the awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. I saw it on um, Facebook later. I loved on. it, eh? I, it didn't. That brutal honesty. It, yeah, it didn't. It wasn't like Thurston was sticking a knife in, though. He was just asking a question that everyone else was thinking. Um, it, I don't think he was trying to to put put him down at that point. He is a journalist now. Yeah. You know, that's his thing. He's meant to ask hard questions. Trent Robinson handled it reasonably well, I thought. Yeah. You can tell he was fucking pissed off. Yeah, he didn't like it, but he's very articulate. He's like Dane Adams, Trent Robinson. Dane Adams, Callum Stewart, we know the answer to that one. What's he talking about there? Oh, favorite player of the year at oh, because we got our presentations coming yeah, up. Yeah, presentation. On. At so the are you gonna be are you gonna be on the mic? Uh, I'll say a few words. Yeah, but are, you're not gonna MC with Fats and oh, Clint. Oh, I could do. Yeah, they want me up there. Yeah. So I'll chime in with a bit of information. Are you there. taking the better half? Or, oh, we'll see how it goes. Um. And then Jaden Parsons asking when the West Vichy fight night's happening. Well, we could do something like a, a, a fight night that we organise through any given Monday. And so we, we, we kind of are on the mics commentate and then put a few boys against each other in a ring. Yeah, well, if folks want to put their hand up from Because you know, you know my mate Phil Costco? Yeah. He's got a he's got a professional size of ring in his in his basement now that he he used to have it down at the gym and then he packed it oh, away. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so he's got that. We could borrow that for sure. Put it out on the field in front of the balcony, you know, make it make a night. That wouldn't of it. be too hard. Yeah, it'd be so fucking sweet. Any Mitchy bloke who wanna. It'd be hard ring. though because everyone would be lining up to want to fight Void. Yeah, that'd be. That line would stretch around the corner. But, yeah, there's but something to look for. We could to. do something like that and, and like, as a fundraiser for the start of the season. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, Maybe get Mitchell Paisley to make a surprise appearance. Yeah, do a couple, like, each each uh, fight goes for, like, yeah, two, <laughs> two one-minute rounds. Yeah, that'd have to be like it, that. yeah. yeah. Um, then what else have we got here? Any good ones that you see there, Ryan? Uh, no, not many. Um, uh, Paisler's having a go at me again saying who am I nominating to use as a speed bump now that Hayne isn't playing jeez well David we'll go through that team in a sec the yeah. nine this is Mitchell Paisler's referring to Christian playing for the USA at the World Nines in two weeks and we'll be versing Australia New Zealand and Papua New Guinea so there's going to be plenty of Rampaging beast there, I'd imagine. Yeah, so there's probably a lot of people I could nominate to be speed bump for. Yeah, that's the thing. So we'll see. We'll wonder who that is going to be. Dave Fafita isn't someone I'd like to have to tackle one on one if I were you. Well, I didn't see. I didn't think he got was put in that nines. I thought he was more in the. Nah, he's in the nines as yeah. well. There's three or four of them in the nines. I'll bring the side. I was up. glad to not see uh, Payne Haas's name in there. Oh, yeah, that would have been a horrific, horrific thing. We're having to tackle Payne Haas one-on-one. Let me see, I'll bring this side up. So, so far from the nine side I've seen named, there is Ben Hunt, there's Wade Graham, there is uh, Tyson Frizzell. So that would be interesting. Um, who else is there? They haven't got it up here. Uh, oh, here we are. The straight list is on our Instagram. Didn't you put yeah. it on that? Yeah, I thought I did. Ah, here we go. This should be up somewhere. So also they have Ruben Garrick from Manly, Kyle Felt. Then they've got also, who else do they have? Some There's a couple of 
real damage. It's, it's not up here on our Insta. Cup on it. You're the Insta King, righty. I know. I thought I'd put it up, but unfortunately. Oh, here it is. Got it now. It's come <laughs> up now. Nathan Brown from Parramatta. Tyson Frizzell. Clint Gutherson. Mitchell Moses. Pappenhausen. Kalen Ponger. Curtis Scott. Cody Walker. See, he'll be good at that, playing that ad lib. He was playing at the Corey Knockout in the weekend. Oh, was he? Played four games down there over the course of the weekend. So, AJ Brimson and Joy Arrow. There's not a lot of speed in that team, is there? No. Fuck me. Holy shit. And they've <laughs> just got a couple. So, you've got your middles in Brown, Arrow, Frizzell. You've got Wade Graham, who'll probably be captain, and he can do either. He can be, he can be busting it up or ball playing. You'd say Hunt will be your, your makeshift hooker. He'll do some damage. Yeah, in that nines, you just you kind of would be, you jump in and out, don't you? You yeah. hooker, you You can't really just, be, yeah, because yeah. if you go on a three-pass spread, yeah. you can't ask him to be rolling. And you want to you want to be, as hookers, you want to be anyone else that's playing in the middle. You kind of just want to be rolling on and off as you, yep. as you feel that fatigue because it kicks in pretty quick. And the Kangaroos squad to play the test two weeks from Friday night in Wollongong against New Zealand is... In no particular order, Ado Carr, Daly Cherry Evans, Boyd Cordner, Damian Cook, Nick Cotrick, Tyson Frizzell, Wade Graham, Payne Hass, Ben Hunt, Luke Keary, but Keary's in big doubt. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Dave Clemmer, Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Munster, Cameron Murray, Josh Papali, who's also in some sort of doubt. Dale Finucane's on standby for him. James Tedesco, Jake Trevojevic, Paul Vaughan, and Jack Whiten. So this will be interesting. Oh, on our Instagram, uh, let me see. The, uh, Sam Voorhee tips the USA by 20 against Australia. I, know, I saw that. <laughs> good commitment. Cheers, boy. You've done well. Back in my good books, mate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, our squad that they put in was, uh, so we got Brett, Brett Aframo. Um, Charlie Jones, Connor Donahue, Corey Makelum, Danny Howard, David Washington, Ronaldo Molitano, Jay Florimo, uh, Jeremy Vove, Joe Eichner, Junior Vivi, Khalil Harris, uh, myself, Ryan Burrows, Eddie Pettiborn, Mark Offerdale. There's a lot of experience there, and I think you needed that. The, yeah, the one thing I look at that squad, and it's... The, the attitude we've got is, yeah, we, we want to go and do our best at this nines, but that squad plus two more boys that we can add in is is a good enough squad to really give that Cook Islands team a, a go, I believe. You know, so like, Pettibourne is playing? Yeah, Pettibourne's playing. You need him, him and, him and Sauce up front. Yeah, so, but, uh, you know, that's one of the better squads we've put together recently. And uh, I think that, that that's like, you know, we, we, we just got to, we get, we get our, nearly six days in camp we find on the monday for the nines so we get to be together for that we're using that also for obviously preparing for that 13s I think game over good. it yeah um brandon anderson and jamil robinson missed out yeah yeah bit it's, unlucky it sucks you know it sucks that you can't take 18 into it because i think that uh and and you don't know what's who's the aussie guy there there's some sort of expat aussie that charlie jones yeah where's he from um Got no idea. Yeah, but he, I imagine it's. Um, but he was. Where was yeah. he? Was he playing in? Was he in Jacksonville's or? Of course, he was. was he. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, but he's uh, he's he's in the halves or something, won't he be? 
So I could say maybe, hopefully in that sort of team, me and Connor just rotating in and out. Yeah, he's been yeah. playing good for you over there. And just, then just uh, Corey floating around. <laughs> uh, Vavoy hitting him on an edge. He was good in BRL. He played a bit of cup. Yeah. Where's, so? And then Vavoy is like... Then, Where's your mate, Big Sexy? Uh, but yeah, he's he'll be in the middle somewhere. Yeah, so that, Joey. Uh, yeah, Joey's in there. And then, yeah, we're taking all those boys over back to the um, in November to That's good that you got six days together. Yeah. And the, and then we'll have the week over in... Uh, where are you staying? Somewhere in Para? Uh, yeah, we're staying. I think it's it's one of the... I, I believe it's one of the Novotels or something. Yeah, the uh, the NRL booked out most of the local accommodation. No, Ridge, Ridges. Oh, yeah, Ridges yeah. and Parramatta. Yeah, they booked out most of the accommodation for the uh, team. Yeah. There's only a few sides that have named their... Officially named their team, like you've got the official word there. Australia has PNG have got quite a strong side. Yeah, I saw that. It's a kind of a side that they're throwing together some, some uh, state Justin players. Justin yeah. um, Lachlan Lamb, uh, Reese uh, Martin, who has played a lot of cup and played some NRL. He's at Leeds now, so they've got some actual lads. Oh, Gebe, the Winham fullback. Yeah, he's he's beast mode strong. Uh, yeah. yeah, he goes uh, he goes hard. Yeah, he played he played well in that, but he, that, he just sometimes he was he's a bit just, cruisy, just a bit was, cruisy getting to that. But once he's got, they that, were getting, they were they, yeah. In that grand final, they kicked away from him well to make him chase it, mm. to limit his damage he was doing to him, which was very smart by, by the halves. That'll be hard. They'll they'll be a physical side. Oh, they've all, oh they've got Boas, the one for, the one who's playing in England, the brother, the fast one, not the one that just catches and passes. Their best player, the guy who was carving up for the Hunters. Yeah. So he got him back, so him and Lamb will do the ball playing. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe, you know, if we we should uh, just have a talk to Seguiaro, get on to the supplements that he's been cranking and try yeah. to put our best He's a forward. loss, isn't he? Not what, saying they could have won it, but... What, what do you think of that, mate? Okay. So do you, do you, have you looked into the, what he was taking? Yeah, and it's the same stuff the swimmer chick was taking. It's a bit of a shredding type thing. It's yeah. yeah, so it's a it's a type of Psalms, yeah, and he's uh, Legandrol. So it's a it's a style of Psalms which is kind of Psalms has kind of come into to the the scene the whole the like last couple of years. Yep. Um, I, I know the CrossFitters started cranking it first, and then it not got, not at your CrossFit diet. No, no, no like no at, at the open and shit. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, man, I knew that. Not at and yours. then um, so LGD CrossFit <laughs> is no way connected to anything, any sort of supplement. You know, performance enhancing supplement. Just want to go on record now. Yeah, but um, yeah. So it's just something. It's a selective androgen receptor modulator, and then and so they just uh, it's like a synthetic way of uh, creating uh, an androgen effect, and then which helps with uh, your testosterone and and with your recovery of your muscles and and fatigue and stuff like that. Which would make perfect sense yeah. why you took it in any sort of contact sport yeah it's a bit of bro science there from me but the um but yeah they uh they call it in the bodybuilding world the legal style of steroid because it's not a straight test but it uh does replicate the effects i am wondering too and it's all speculation mm -hmm. how long has he been taking it for because i don't think he just took it two days two days before they played Parramatta no. up here but it's it's they it has a very short half life they reckon so like I think I read about twenty four to thirty six hours half life so something like that then you do wonder oh okay they're taking it because they think it's in and out and Bef the, before to avoid they, the testing yeah to avoid the testing think, so. yes yeah 
Yeah, and there's a lot, always going to be speculation on that. And that's the first ever Bronco to test positive to anything like yeah. that. And he did have that, he had that time off footy when he, when he wasn't like he couldn't play. So he he obviously was keeping fit. He might have been he might have been hitting the gym in the in the type of circles that would promote using Mexican. I saw supplements. him play at Newtown earlier in the year. Yeah, and he had quad injury or something. wasn't anywhere near as effective as he was at the Broncos. Yeah, you know I know like good players around you lift you, but you wonder because naturally know. he's fucking carved out of stone. Oh anyway. yeah, he's a sh- and he's short little you know Adonis got that PNG rig those powerful blokes explosive power he'd be a big loss for them like just going forward and he was named captain like it's four years if he gets te- they're putting the B sample in but who knows like not many people have ever been cleared in the B sample yeah you know no, no, one, no. no one since I watched an episode of the Simpsons and Marge Simpson was cleared on a B sample but that's probably the only person uh, I recall to be cleared on a B sample. Yeah, it's like right. when you're going back to the uh, going back to the police depot and just hoping that your 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 bloody alcohol levels lowered on that on the real machine. Yeah, and that's the thing you're hitting hope, and that would be the end of him because he'd be about 30, 31. Oh, he'd be close to thirty, I reckon. I think he'd just turned thirty yeah. this year, so it could be get a job in the real world. Thirty is like a Papua New Guinea and eighteen though. Yeah, and he still had it to be playing for a few more years. It's funny how he turned down the deal at the Broncos. It makes you speculate, did they have some inside information? You know what I mean? Like mm. Maybe they didn't, maybe they did, but I'm not saying that they were encouraging him to take anything, but maybe that they... Clubs do in-house testing, and it would be interesting to see if they suspected anything and tried to distance themselves from him or not, or if just he was on the sly taking taking that type of stuff. But like you said, if it's got a short lifespan, I don't think you just one-off tried it. Yeah. Blokes try those sort of excuses. Like with the boys from the, the Kiwi boys, like saying a guy told them to sniff something off a phone and it was Coke and they didn't know what it was. You can't claim ignorance. Are you this big a simpleton? The, be- the best one's with John Jones where he's he's with cocaine. Yeah, he po- he, but he tested positive to a sports, um, to a performance-enhancing drug. So he said, look, I do a lot of cocaine. The cocaine is usually cut with creatine. Some of the creatine that it can be cut with can be tainted through the uh, um, the, uh, the factories that it's coming out yeah, of. The um, bats they use, the batches they yeah. use, that'll have whatever, like they have a place like Mexico, and they mix stuff into it, so you could test positive to and coke, then, and you and, go. Oh. And then the next excuse, excuse was when he was getting picked up for picograms. So they're saying that the the picograms that he um, that returned positive would would is like a pulsing effect out of the muscle. So they weighed uh, the actual the uh, the chemical or whatever they're picking up is a laying dormant, but sometimes they pulse, and then and then he gets tested in in a pulsing cycle, and so it's picking up. Um, previously used um, enhancing drugs. Really? Yeah. So that's the thing with that. You you run at a risk. I I read Todd Carney's book whilst I was at the airport. Read the whole book basically, and there was like just things he said about like there was one. Was he real honest? Did he just come? Yeah, out yeah, he yeah. was good. Yeah, that's what you got to be. There's some people saying that um that won't. They won't like what he said, but it's written in the book. And he said how he had one 
He was all that stuff with Stephen Dank and the peptides at the Sharks happened before he was there. He said he had one sort of brief run in with him. He'd done his Achilles, and the club recommended that he go to to his uh, clinic at at Bondi Junction, and he might be able to help him. So he went there. They did a blood test, and, they, and he said he walked in. He got a sort of a weird feel because there was a lot of like, you know, plastic surgery. Fake lips, fake tits type thing. Anyway, he said, Dank spoke to him for a while, talked a lot of like medical jargon that Toddy didn't understand. This nobody said, I can probably help you. And he goes, all right. So he'd made an appointment to come back in a week. Well, the next weekend they go out in the piss, the boys, and he's talking to Paul Gallon and he tells him, he said, Gallon pulled him in close and he said he had this look on his face and goes, Whatever you do, do not go back there. Oh, yeah. And he said the look Gallon had in his face was fucking, it scared him shitless. You know what I mean? Like he was that serious. So the next day he rang back and cancelled the appointment. So I don't know what that tells you, but to me that implies that they were started before it actually shit hit the fan. There were concerns what may have happened, what may be coming. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, there's always when. After the fact, in hindsight, you can see little manoeuvres of because they know exactly what was going to come out. You know, it's funny. It's like when you think about about like the mental game. Remember when uh, Tiger, <laughs> all that shit was about to come out about Tiger Woods, and yep. um, and he while he knew this was going to come out, he came down to the Australian. Um, what do they call it? The, is it the Australian Open? Right? Yeah, the one he used to regularly yeah, yeah. play at. Yeah, and he wins it. So he, he wins, like blows the field away, wins that while all having all this stress, knowing that all the stuff about him, shit was going to hit the fucking fan. porn stars, shit was going to win the fan, but he's just mentally that switched on and, and can just take himself out of that and, and win it, win the Australian Open on that. And it's funny too, like, and you know how they're giving the advice to try and take the heat off you and things like that? Like Carney tells stories like how when he was at the Roosters, they, you know, after he'd gotten a couple of, he got off the piss when he won the Daily M and they went to the grand final and life was all good. Then he started back on the piss. And then that's what it was. You know, that and things started having dramas. We got to a stage they sent him to Alcoholics Anonymous and he didn't rate alcoholics. He said it wasn't really doing anything because in his mind he's not an alcoholic because you don't get up and you don't drink at 10 o'clock in the morning and that. Yeah. And he said he went to a couple of things he'd been saying there they were going back and telling the club. So isn't that breach? And, and he looked upon that's breach of trust. They're going back and telling your employers. So things like that, like he was very open and honest about it. But like footy club, and they want him to come out. Because what happened, he was very close with his dad. Then his dad got dementia. And his dad always pushed him in footy. And then he slowly passed away. And he lost the plot a lot about that he really went off the deep end and he and a lot of football clubs don't give a fuck about you if you're not playing good football they're a business yeah when you're playing good football they'll do things for you so they wanted him to go on like when he's getting in a few dramas go in there make a statement say it was because of his dad's death and things like that and he didn't want to do that you know looking for excuses and shit like that but he was a sort of like there was everyone in this book that that had quotes on him Wall said what a good bloke he was, but when he gets to the limit with drinking piss, he just would do stupid shit. 
Like he was in Airly on a boys trip with some of his mates and I know a bloke went to bed early so he went in there and tried to fucking set something on fire or something, set his bed on fire or something fucking. <laughs> you know, like shit like that. Dumb things like that. But, and that was before he'd gone to the Roosters and yeah. was worried fucking, oh, it could go, he could get the arse soon. Yeah, true. Well, um, we're talking about it, righty. We got us so, but a lot as long, uh, along with listener questions, that we'll do that every week. Hopefully, we just start getting some more versatility in the questions that we receive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll be. Yeah, so we might chuck them up on Insta and Facey on your. Yeah, I as like well. that. Yeah, I saw but, that because uh, you're doing you're doing a good job on that Insta as well. Thanks. But but um. So anyone who hasn't already got us on Insta wants to follow us. Uh, get on there any given Monday Instagram page yeah. me and Freddie run it together so there'll be different stuff regularly put up there if one of us finds something yeah. in the social media world or when we're out and about um, and then we also want to be doing uh, we got to come up with the name but like the goose of the week so oh, yeah, and we yeah. want if you, we're going to do that and we'll put a post up so you can send in like a, a little um, short to the photo of the person you want of goose in the week so we, yep. can, we can break down the person as well but um, obviously we're coming up with a name. I don't know if I want to go Penfold. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but so we'll come up with a name and for that, and that we'll add that as a little segment. Oh, we'll, this this week we just got to give it to Ben Cummings anyway. That was we didn't have. Yeah, any. that was a, a major, a major stuff up, and the oh, and the voting system for the Clive Churchill when they told Maria Hargraves that he'd won it. Yeah. And then they realised when he was about to go up on stage to get it that Lockie's vote, Lockie had trouble uh, logging in on the app to put his votes in. Yeah. And Jack Whiten won it. So and, that was a fuck up. Yeah. And they showed it on stage where where Greenberg comes up and whispers in um, um, that Brachy's ear and he's about to announce it. Then he has to tell Brad Clyde and that. And Brad Clyde looks around and goes, You're joking. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Not that he didn't think he should have won it, but he was surprised at the actual process of it all. Yeah. Yeah, true. So, yeah, but every time these drops, make sure if you rip us to shreds too if you think the episode sucks because so we can keep getting better because um, obviously I think Righty does a good good job with it. So just make sure that, yeah, if you if it's positive, say it, but if you think it's shitty ass, let us know too so we can try to change it up a bit. Dale Finucane, just name the Storms. Uh, player of the year. So congratulations to Dale Finucane, outstanding player. He's finally starting to get some recognition for his good form. He's had to toil away. There were plenty of good back rolls in front of him at rep level. Now he's starting to get a foot in the door. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, sweet. Um, and we'll get this, uh, if you really want this fight night, we'll get. We'll start looking at getting that sorted. But you want to take us out, mate, because I've got to piss out of my tiny dick. Okay, my friend. There's one thing I've always remembered... That is, the rest of your life could be the best time of your life. And always remember, life is short, so keep having a crack. When you're feeling down, always remember, you're only one, you're only one hour or one day away from things turning themselves around and coming good. Sweet.